depression and loneliness work as a tag team to beat you up. It's like a self-feeding monster. The more depressed you get, the more lonely you feel. The more lonely you feel, the more depressed you get. Welcome to episode 54 of Flip Switch, the bipolar and depression connection brought to you by DepressedTeens.com. This is a show that deals with teens and young adults living with mood disorders such as depression and bipolar disorder. On today's show, we'll discuss the topic of loneliness and what you can do to overcome this feeling and help yourself towards better health. We did a show on loneliness before, but today we're going to discuss it with a more realistic approach. Shira will be stopping by with a tip from the tech corner. You can check us out online at www.depressedteens.com. Flip the switch and we're here. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 54 of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by DepressedTeens.com. I'm your host, Chris. With me today is my co-host. Hey guys, it's Gopi. What's going on? And our newest, newest, newest co-host, it is... Hi, I'm Katie. Katie, who are you and why are you here and how did you get in the building? Um, well, you came down and let me in. But... Oh. <laughs> well, how old are you, Katie? I'm 18. When did you turn 18? September 7th. Oh, my goodness. You're a baby. I'm a baby. She is a baby. I feel old. You are. You're 21 and you're you're just (laughs) decrepit. Oh, wow. And you're still in high school, correct? Yep. What year? Senior year. Are you excited? What do you want to do after senior year? End up in college somewhere, hopefully, and get a degree in astrophysics, and then I'm moving on to NASA. I want to uh, stop at this moment. Yes. And I want to denote our lineage as far as academics go with our co-host. We have... Somebody who wants to go into astrophysics mm-hmm. and two doctors and one psychologist going on. One psychologist, one psychiatrist, and you want to be what kind of doctor? I want to say either radiology or radiation oncology. Whichever comes for. Oncology, radiology, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. So many choices these days, Gopi. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surrounded by smart kids. We're epic. Yeah, sure. So before we go on, we need to go over some housekeeping stuff. First and foremost, we are sponsored by DepressedTeens.com. If you go to DepressedTeens.com, you'll see that we have a nice big old website that has all sorts of information. We have a doctor directory where you can find a clinician in your town as well. We have resources on facts about bipolar disorder, resources about depression as well. You could check out our blog at DepressedTeens.podbeat.com where Gopi writes the most inspired blogs. As well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can hit us up at flipswitch at bpkids.org. We are always open to new suggestions. We've actually had a few come in that we're actually going to take up coming in. We're going to do shows spanning the gamut. Some people are annoyed that we're doing shows specifically too much on college kids. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a little biased, Chris. Why? You're not in college anymore. I know. Boo-hoo. Graduate. <laughs> Graduate. Neither are like you. the idea of focusing on... Oh, no. On actually, you are. You're graduate in grad school. school yeah. I'm where jealous. you'll be next year. Yeah. Yes. Crossing my fingers. Okay. So today what we're talking about is something that we talked about around six months ago. We talked about the concept of loneliness. But that time we talked about more how loneliness is different from isolation in a clinical sense. Let's review quickly. Gopi, yeah. how are loneliness and isolation different? 
Well, loneliness is a feeling that you experience versus isolation is like a state of being. Loneliness kind of leads to isolation, but it could go the other way as well. Right. So loneliness is a mood state. So yes. you feel lonely, whereas when you're isolated, you are physically mm-hmm. away from other people. That is correct. And we had an interview by a guy named John Cassiopo, and we may play excerpts from that later. He came up with a method to kind of overcome loneliness called ease, and we're going to go over that later. But he did a lot of research on it. He says loneliness has a genetic link, all that good stuff. Today, what we want to talk about is more fundamental, and that's that loneliness is a hallmark of depression. Almost always when people feel really, really depressed, they feel alone in the world. And I think before the first show was really on this clinical side, but we really need to come to terms with that is what people feel when they're upset, when they're depressed. They feel nobody cares or they don't care enough or there's just nothing I can do. I am slowly slipping away from everyone. And that indeed does plan isolation. Before we go any further, We should get the ball rolling with Katie by having Katie do a segment that we like to call Learning the Terms. Hey guys, welcome to the Learning the Terms segment of our podcast. Here we break down all the confusing jargon you hear from doctors and experts and really smart people so that you can understand what the heck these people are talking about. The term we're learning this week is loneliness. Loneliness is a feeling where people experience a powerful surge of emptiness and solitude. Someone who's lonely may find it hard to form human contact. Loneliness is not the same as being alone or solitude. However, solitude can accompany it. Solitude is the state of being alone and secluded from other people and often implies having made a conscious choice to be alone. Loneliness is therefore unwanted solitude. It does not require actually being alone and is often experienced even in crowded places. People can experience the feeling of loneliness for many reasons, and many life events are associated with it. It may be a symptom of another social or psychological problem, such as chronic depression. That's it for this week in Learning the Terms. So, Katie... Tell me about loneliness. Loneliness is not good. Well, I don't know. That's not necessarily true. I mean, one we had John Cassiopo on here, and he said that loneliness actually served human beings in the past in an evolutionary sense because it helped people know to stay together. So if you were in a world where lions can eat you, it's good if you don't get too far from your family. And so people had this kind of built-in imperative to stay close together. And his point is that, well, now we don't have to worry about lions eating us anymore. And so we've got this kind of residual emotion hanging around that's just not doing us all that good. Well, I think definitely too much of loneliness is not good. I mean, certain times where you just want to be alone and you just kind of want to lay back and hang out by yourselves. I mean, that's fine if you do it a couple times a week or whatever, but like constantly being alone and feeling that you have no one around, that's not good. Right. I would make this claim. John Cassiopo, when we first talked about this topic, stated that it is a natural human emotion. So because you feel lonely means you're human sooner or later. In other words, because you feel lonely is not necessarily the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's when it's all you feel. That's the problem. And by all you feel, I mean you feel it for a long, 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 long time. But it's okay that you feel lonely sometimes. It is not okay if you think that there is nothing else other than loneliness. Because Cassiopeia did not say 
that loneliness is all there is. And I really want to kind of state that because you get lonely does not mean you have to slide into depression because you are lonely does not mean you have to stay lonely. And you don't have to beat yourself up for being lonely. I'm lonely. Must be something wrong with me. Yeah, I mean, you're human. Congratulations. We can talk about what reality is and the fact that you can feel kind of lonely, but it doesn't match up with things that are real, and there's ways to get out of it. We'll go over a method called Ease that John Cassiopo went over earlier in our first episode of this. But it's hard to get past the true feeling, an aching feeling of loneliness. And, and in some ways, I feel almost bad, it, like it almost trivializes it to try to say you can overcome it. Mm-hmm. That's strange. I mean by that, it is a well feeling. You feel like you are in a pit. It's not that I feel alone. I'm going to go hang out with some people and it'll be over. It's I feel alone and there's nothing I can do about it. Hopelessness. And I felt that way before. I think most people sooner or later feel that way. And I don't. I guess I want to pay respect to the, the gravity of that feeling. You're only 18. You just turned 18, Katie. Yep. Have you ever felt lonely like that? Or some people haven't. Oh, yeah. I've I moved around my entire life. And when I would move, I mean, I would make friends. But Why, why would you move? Uh, my dad was in the military for a little while. But then eventually it just came into a habit. Oh, yeah. Sort of. So where, you were always changing your environment. Oh, yeah. And I'd get friends and it'd be all right. But it wouldn't be the same. And it was just really horrible to feel like you had nothing holding you. What's really damaging about that is when you start believing that that's all there is. Because what we really want to get across is that depression and loneliness work as a tag team to beat you up. And it's like a self-feeding monster. The more depressed you get, the more lonely you feel. The more lonely you feel, the more depressed you get. And it's a cycle. In fact, let's do a, let's talk about that for a moment. One of the hallmarks of depression, one of those key things that almost always goes hand in hand with that horrible state of being is isolation from others, being away from others. You don't go out with your friends as much. You don't leave your room as much. You don't even show your face around school as much except when you absolutely have to be there. Instead, you stay by yourself in your room feeling lonelier and lonelier. Why? Because you're so depressed. I mean, who wants to put on a happy face for everyone when you feel like that? Who wants to keep up with all these people that seem to be swimming through the day so easily and so fast and out of care in the world? Just all too much. And what's even worse, other people sensing you're depressed may even start avoiding you. So you stick by yourself and after a while you begin to feel lonelier and lonelier until loneliness seems to be all there is. But here's the whole issue right here. It's a vicious cycle that somewhere has to be broken. Look at it this way. You isolate yourself because you begin feeling down. Then, because you're isolated from people, you lose out on things that might help pick you back up. So you start feeling worse and worse, getting more and more depressed, which makes you feel even more isolated. Which makes you feel even worse. Which makes you feel even more isolated. Which makes you feel even worse. Which makes... You starting to see a pattern here? Isolating yourself helps to create a sense of loneliness in the long run and is one of the surefire ways to continue your depression. Not that it's not okay to take some time to yourself, but there's simply one fact that you can't get away from no matter what. People need other people to be okay, to be happy. And that's where you come in. Somebody has to break the cycle, and more often than not, that somebody's got to be you. 
take control of your health by getting out and around people, even when you may not feel like it. Depression and loneliness work together. It's a destructive cycle feeding off of each other. You hear that? It's a cycle. And you have a choice whether or not you want to perpetuate it. So don't let it continue. share with your Tech Corner Tech Tip of the Week. If you'd like to learn more about self-injury, check out Cut, Teens in Self-Injury. This documentary provides an up-close and personal look at the problem. Featuring teens discussing their experiences, interviews with parents, and mental health professionals, Cut brings the problem of self-injury out of the shadows and reminds us that the first step towards healing is an honest acknowledgement of reality. Also watch for a special appearance by Shirley Manson of the band Garbage, who shares her own experience with self-injury. To learn more, open your browser and type into the address bar www.cutthemovie.com. This has been Shira with your Tech Corner Tip of the Week. See you next week. Hi, I'm Jim Piddock, and you may know me as a comedic actor, but as a teen and a young adult, I went through periods of depression and anxiety. One thing that helped was finding something funny in bad situations. It made the pain easier to bear. Life can be pretty ridiculous when you think about it, so if you're feeling upset, look for the comedy in it, because it's there, waiting to lighten your mood. It's great to talk to you on behalf of the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. For more help, go to bpkids.org. So, Gopi, yes. what do you think about the relationship between depression and loneliness? Well, obviously, we discussed how it's kind of a cycle and they're both related. When I think of loneliness and depression, I usually tend to think that being lonely and like that feeling just taking over you leads to depression. Yeah, it's true. It can. There's many roads to get to depression. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your body just pulls you that way because you haven't slept well or because you're just things aren't going well in your life. You have something bad that happens to you, and you start feeling bad. We're not saying that, uh, you know, feeling dep- you feel bad and nothing's really bad. We're saying that feeling bad and that's all there is, that's usually the problem. So you can get depressed for many reasons, and one of those is because you feel lonely. And mm-hmm. for, uh, Katie talked about how she would move schools, and suddenly she would not have any friends anymore. That's a good reason to feel lonely. But it's not a good reason to base your whole life on it. And I think it's a monster that feeds into itself. So you get in depression any number of ways, but you stay in depression partially by feeling lonely, which then makes you feel horrible. And if one of the hallmarks of depression is being away from other people and isolated, mm-hmm. being away from other people in isolation helps make you more and more depressed, which will then push you to be more and more isolated. And one thing we've talked about before is this issue of contagion of depression. Technically, depression is not contagious. You can't catch it. However, people kind of have this instinct and sense that if I go around this person, they may bring me down. It's like that perception, yeah. Right. So people do have a tendency to start pushing away once they feel that. So I think one of the things we have to kind of promote is you have a choice to kind of break that cycle. The cycle, it hurts a lot. It really is not a great way to feel at all. And the cycle, it's hard to break. But once you break it, it's like you don't have this weight on your shoulders anymore. You know one thing that brings up, because it's, it's interesting that you brought this up with the fact that you kept moving. This is something I think we need to, to kind of bring up is that there's this thought that people have is, well, I'm just going to end up here again one day. I'm going to be lonely again one day. Yeah, you probably will. That's part of being human. It's kind of like getting the flu. 
I don't want to get better from the flu because I'll just get the flu again one day. Yeah, you probably will. So what? Get better anyway. It's not a good argument because one day this is going to be the same way. What's the point? In fact, let's do a segment for a moment on the difference between perception and reality. Loneliness is one of those really odd feelings. On the one hand, it's undeniable that you feel really awful and so alone in the world. You feel like no one knows about what you're going through and much worse, nobody even cares. But on the other hand, loneliness is often like one of those thoughts and feelings that all too often don't exactly match up with reality. That's why there's this difference between isolation and loneliness. Isolation is a physical space and loneliness, which is a feeling. You can feel lonely when you're actually isolated from everyone else, sure, but you can also feel just as lonely in the most crowded of places. Strangely, the amount of time you're around people and talking to people when you're feeling lonely and when you're not, from an objective standpoint, may be kind of hard to distinguish. So, roughly, the same scenario produces two different feelings. What gives? The issue is one of perception versus reality. And this is important to keep in mind if you want to take control of your own mental health. You need to be aware that while feeling lonely is very bad and it feels horrible and very real, it doesn't necessarily indicate the truth of the situation you're in, and it certainly doesn't necessarily predict your future. Yes, it certainly feels like you're all alone, and you certainly don't perceive that many people are talking to you in a given day, but all too often the reality is that, though it might not be quite as much as you'd like, you're actually around a lot of people that talk to you in some way. In this situation, the reality differs from the perception. And very rarely does nobody really care about you in any way. Maybe not exactly the same way you'd like, but rarely, if ever, not at all. Your parents probably care, though perhaps are doing things that you think might not be in your best interest. Your friends have laughed with you in the past, though they may not be laughing with you as much recently. Again, the perception is different from the reality. And most importantly, the feeling of loneliness does not have to predict the future. You have a choice in that matter. Because you think nobody cares about you today does not mean nobody will ever care about you. Because you feel lonely today doesn't mean you'll feel lonely in a month. Because you're not laughing with your friends today doesn't mean you'll never laugh with your friends again. Because you don't have as many friends as you'd like today doesn't mean you won't have more tomorrow or in a month or whenever. If you can tell the future, then you should have tons of friends because who doesn't want someone around them that can predict the future? Nope, you're lying to yourself in that instance by believing what you feel instead of what reality must dictate. You have a choice in the matter. Feels horrible, no doubt, but try to base your actions on the reality of what is and what might be instead of the reality of what you feel at that exact moment. Coping with, accepting, and learning how to deal with loneliness can become very challenging when it seems like no one is listening and there's no one to talk to about it. This may involve an organization or a way of putting yourself out in the world and getting social support. We can't leave this show without coming up with at least one solid method people can do in order to stop feeling lonely. It's not the only method, and you shouldn't expect it to work magically overnight, but it's one sound method that can help you stop feeling lonely. To that end, we present the method with the acronym EASE. That's EASE, E-A-S-E. 
Ease was first introduced in our interview with loneliness researcher Dr. John Cassiopo. The first E stands for extend yourself and means that you should put yourself into social situations that have a lot of people involved but are low risk. Cassiopo suggests community service or something where you're around a lot of people with a clear purpose. He also notes that when you extend yourself, keep your expectations low. The A stands for action plan by which one should write out and come up with a solid plan to combat loneliness, i.e. steps that are taken one by one. The S stands for selection, by which Cassiopeia means that you should choose social situations that seem to be in line with what you're interested in long term because those situations will help develop relationships with others that share your interests instead of just being around people you don't have anything in common with. The last letter of the E's, E, stands for expect the best. Keep things simple, but expect that you can change and that things will go well, giving yourself a break if they don't always go perfectly. So... E, extend yourself. A, come up with an action plan. S, select social situations that are close to your interests if possible. And E, expect the best. Here's our interview with Dr. Cassiopo where he explains ease in a bit more depth. Give it a try and combat your own loneliness. We talk about easing into social connection. And that ease is because each first letter stands for a different piece of advice. The first is extend yourself. The test new ways of relating, you need a safe place. Remember that in an evolutionary context, finding yourself disconnected from others is is dangerous. Therefore, a fundamental feeling of loneliness, a fundamental drive on our behavior is the feeling that we're threatened. That makes us a little hostile, a little negative, a little more likely to withdraw, a little more likely to interpret other people's behavior as antagonistic, which of course makes us act in paradoxically self-defeating ways. If I anticipate you're being antagonistic, If you do something that's even perceived as a mild slight, and then I'm going to respond in a negative way and push you away where it might have been a friendship. So if you're going to test new ways of relating, you have to be cognizant of that and then put yourself in a safe place to experiment. And the suggestion there is to start small. You know, don't don't try to find your soulmate in the first outing, but rather perhaps engage in community service or just connect in a very minor way with individuals. Uh, Extend yourself and not in a way that that uh, there's a big risk so that you're comfortable doing so. The second is A for action plan. People have more control of their social environment than they think. We find ourselves not in the relationships that we want or in a relationship that's not as positive as we might have hoped. And we think that we're not the one responsible. And in fact, social relationships are complex and people contribute in many ways uh, to their successes and failures. We don't completely control it, but we have more impact than we might think So the idea of developing an action plan is to keep it real, don't overcommit. One of the things that we have found lonely individuals do is they'll try to extend themselves beyond what other people will do in order to essentially curry the favor of another individual. But that puts them in a situation where they're then expected to interact in a way that's not rewarding to them. So keeping it real in the action plan, keeping it simple, to develop one good relationship is often all it takes to move out of loneliness to a very connected state. It's not the number of people. It's, it's the quality of those relationships. So it's simpler than it might appear as long as people keep it real. The third is S for selection. You know, we both, we both have heard birds of a feather flock together and opposites attract. Both of those can't be true, right? Well, it turns out the birds of a feather flock together is the one that empirical evidence supports. We often pick people based on physical appearance, but in fact, similar attitudes, similar values, similar interests, similar activities are what predict long-term uh, happiness with others. And so we often want to make sure that we select people based on long-term interests and things that are mutually beneficial and enjoyable for the two. And the E is for expect the best. Given that you've done all the others well, 
you want to give the other person a break. Forgiveness, if they happen to do something that is a slight, you know, we don't treat ourselves well all the time. So it's perhaps not surprising we don't treat each other well all the time. And so as long as you've done a good job of selecting someone who can be trusted and give them a break, with these steps, you gain greater self-regulation. You're able to extend yourself. You're able to pull upon those social skills that you have. And then, of course, you're behaving toward others in a realistic fashion and staying in the moment allows them to act toward you in that fashion. And then one falls into this synergism, this uh, resonance between the two, and you fall into what we call co-regulation. My interactions with you are affecting you, making you feel better. Your interactions with me have that reciprocal effect. So as we come to the end, this is your first day on the flip switch. What do you think, Katie? I like it. Seems like it's going to be fun. Katie, you've got a lot of insights in there. I want want to hear more of them one day. I'll be glad to give them to you. I'm taking advice from an 18-year-old, Gopi. (laughs) Sadness. <laughs> That's all right. You were 18 once. Yeah. You're still 18 in some ways, good. People think I look 18. No, you look 60. Oh, shoot. <laughs> You're kidding, right? No, seriously. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, that's Katie's first show, y'all. Mm-hmm.